welcome to Toys on Tap. It's a podcast that uh, usually interviews toy artists that make all kinds of things in the bootleg scene and the art world scene. But uh, today I wanted to bring you on because you do something that's extremely fascinating. Hello, it's nice to be here. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Um, would you like to introduce yourself and tell us all the crazy things that you do with this uh, archive and collection? Uh, the shortest introduction of me is, hello, I'm Jakub Buzinski and I am classical musician. And that's all. That is all I'm doing in my life. Uh, and then, in addition to this, I started to collect Polish Star Wars figures several years ago. It was 2007 which was the continuation of uh, my toy collection from the childhood, because I grew up in Poland, the country which was one of the five biggest countries uh, uh, that, are, that were making bootleg toys of Star Wars. One of the finest were made in Poland. And I played with them. I was a kid having about 30 of them. Uh, then I stopped. Then uh, I went to the music, to classical music education, and then I took a sentiment, a big sentiment about those toys, about those times. Uh, after the prequel trilogy went to the cinema, 2007, it was the year when I took from my father uh, the rest of my collection from the childhood. Uh, it wasn't many of them. It was about 11 figures. Uh, so this was the core from which I started to collect first Kenner figures, which I didn't have as a kid because it, we were uh, behind the iron curtain. Uh, we, we couldn't buy Kenner figures in the shops in the 80s. Mm -hmm. So I have now complete Kenner figures collection. And after this, I started to love and to collect Polish bootlegs. Polish bootlegs that I never expected. There are so many. So when I, when I saw how many there are, my brain of the theoretician said to me, you have to categorize, you have to uh, put an order to this uh, all area. And for me, the best thing to do it was have a website or to write a guide about those figures because nobody did it. Uh, nobody, nobody wrote the, the book mm -hmm. because the websites, there are many of them with the bootlegs, with Polish bootlegs and so on. But never it, it was never a book. And I am an old-fashioned guy, so I would love to have in hand uh, a great guide on those figures. So nobody wrote it, so I did it. And two editions of this book were released already. Uh, I think the second one, which was last year edition, is the final one, but we never know. Oh, that's good to know. I have so many questions about Polish bootlegs um, because uh, I I don't actually know that much about Star Wars bootlegs other than the, uh, I think it's pronounced Uze figures. Um, but I have so many questions about uh, the history of how these companies were even able to get the molds. It was complicated, but simple in the same time. Uh, because we don't, we didn't have licenses in Poland those times. We were white country, white communist country behind the Iron Curtain. We didn't have the original toys, but 
some people from Poland worked on the West. Uh, some people uh, took some toys for their kids. And also we got some private producers that made toys as a bootlegs of anything they could get from the Western shops. Uh, so it was a pure accident which figures were choose because it was those figures that they got from the West. And to make a molds, is uh, it was very simple but quite expensive. I spoke with one wife of the passed away producer uh, of one of the figures. She says the mold was the most expensive part of the production because the crafter, uh, crafting of this mold was very expensive then, and the metal was expensive and so on. And when they did it, then they could produce thousands of figures without license. Just they uh, got to do it uh, through the companies, which was uh, national, which was not private. You couldn't sell anything as a private man in communist Poland. So they uh, got to get to the companies, then to put the all they made there and get the money from them. They put it to shops in the legal, normal toy shops in eight, uh, 1980s Poland. So we got thousands of rubber and plastic figures made by private producers under the shield of uh, national companies, uh, sold in the toy shops in Poland. That is incredible. I didn't know that they were sold in stores and everything. Um, can you describe the backer for me of what they would usually look? Did they try to replicate the original backers? The blister. Yeah. The blister, the card. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, not very much. They knew that they were sold on the cards in the Western shops, but it was maybe too expensive to produce cards as well and too complicated. So it was just a company from Gdańsk, which is Elektrospółdzielnia, that produced a series of 20 figures on cards. But those cards were designed by some Polish graphics. And they were described in Polish with the titles of the three movies of the of the trilogy, or original trilogy, which was Gwiezdne Wojny, Imperium Kontratakuje, and uh, Powrót Jedi. Uh, and it is very nice, nicely done. I don't have it here with me. It is uh, in, in, in my back in the display. Yeah. But uh, they were very fine with no, no pictures on the back, just the graphics on the front, and then the plastic bubble uh, and the figure. Uh, this was one company, and the other company, which was uh, producer of only one figure, which was uh, Plastic Snow Trooper. And this was the only case in Poland that were copied the card, uh, possibly from Palitoy uh, Snow Trooper, uh, which was uh, made uh, with Polish writings, but the original graphics. A uh, little blurred, but still this one. So this was unique. This was the exception of all Polish series. Uh, other figures were sold in sometimes plastic bags with the top on on um, on them card card top, which was not comparable to the Western uh, packages. And uh, a lot of figures were sold loose, especially unarticulated figure were sold loose without any package, without any weapon, sometimes with the capes. That is fantastic. I You're teaching me so much right now. In being behind the Iron Curtain, 
Star Wars probably didn't make it through. How did how did anyone even know that Star Wars existed? Was it just from people that worked on the West Side? You would be surprised because we got the original trilogy in the cinemas. Uh, the Polish government, communists, uh, got a strategy to make an entertainment for the people. Especially mm -hmm. in Poland, we were kind of freedom in the cinematic way, in the artistic way. So we could watch uh, Star Wars. We have it with the two or three years delay of uh, each premiere in the West, but still we got it. It wasn't danger for the communists. It wasn't danger for, for Russians. So it was allowed to, to got them. Uh, the other thing was figures, which should be licensed. So we, we, our government didn't pay the money for the Kenner or so on. Or I even asked the Kenner workers uh, on the last uh, celebration in London why they didn't uh, try to sell it behind the Iron Curtain. And they just laughed. They just did, didn't <laughs> answer me properly for this. But we got movies. We got uh, news about it. We got critics in the magazines in Poland about these movies. We blah, blah, blah. It is nice uh, science fiction movie about nothing. It is pure entertainment for kids and so on. A lot of mistakes made in these critics. Uh, so that was the reason that the producers uh, made those bootlegs, because kids suddenly went crazy about these movies. Uh, they are. They were not the most watchable movies on, in, in that time. The most watchable was the kung fu movies with Bruce Lee or something like this. But uh, but it was very popular movies. So kids would buy those stories, and producers knew it, and they produced it with the. Uh, extremely extravagant colors and everything because they just put to the molds just to produce it because any amount of figures they could produce it were sold they were sold in any amount kids were hungry of of those figures and some kids even knew that there are better figures in the west by then they couldn't get it they couldn't afford it so they bought the rubber unarticulated or articulated, but with very strange shapes or very strange colors figures. And I was one of those kids and I was angry that I couldn't get a white stormtrooper. I couldn't get a proper color other characters. Uh, I was happy when I got uh, proper color figures, some kinds of them, which mm -hmm. are now on the collectibles. They are quite cheap. Uh, the most expensive Polish bootlegs now on the market are those that are extravagant. Uh, pink Chief Chirpa or the kind like this. You can see it. This is blue and oh, yellow Gamoria art. He's which beautiful. is just awesome. If I if I saw if I saw him in the 80s, I would ignore him. I would say it is not like in the movie. I, I wouldn't buy it. So I got a Gamorian guard in my childhood, uh, traded from a colleague from my courtyard from the neighborhood. He got a father who worked in the West and he provided him the original Gamorian guard. And I got him some item to this guy and he, he gave me the Gamorian guard. I was so proud that I have Kenna Gamorian guard in the 80s. And this one, Polish blue yellow, is now unique and rare. I have it now. Uh, and I didn't appreciate it those times it is incredible to see the 
intense amount of variations in all the colors and um, the types of toys, whether they're articulated or not articulated. What was the reasoning in so many variations in plastic? Uh, the material, the everything in the communist Poland was limited. Uh, if you were a producer, you struggled with the limited material availability. Uh, so you could get some yellow one or some blue one or rubber or plastic, and then you decided what to do of it. Uh, of course, there were some figures that were all, almost always made from the proper color, like Black Vaders, like Bram Chewbacca's, uh, like Great Zucus or Great General Veers, mostly made in the proper color. Maybe the producers remembered it from the movies. But any other figures, including those I just said, could have been made from any color. So we can expect we never uh, we never discovered yet some variations of the colors of the Vedas, of the Zucuses, of the Veers, but we can expect them being yellow, pink, white, uh, any color. There was about eight or nine basic colors of the rubber, and they produced any figure of any of those colors, uh, depending on the availability of this material on the market. So that was the only reason. And the reason to make it articulated or unarticulated was just a technical reason. It was easier to make one piece figure unarticulated, cheaper. Mm -hmm. And of course, they were cheaper in the shops later. And the articulated was more complex uh, and more expensive in the shops. So uh, it depended on the producer. When these people, these private producers are creating these toys, um, are they creating in their own houses, in their garages, and then shipping off to the other companies? Or do they each have their own factories? Uh, it also depended. Uh, the company, the remains of the company I discovered near Warsaw that produced only this one figure, this snow trooper figure, uh, they told me they were producing it only for one or two seasons. It was It was selling well. Then it went bad, so they stopped. So they produced not only this figure and not even only toys. They produced other things. And I saw the, uh, the neighborhood of their house. It was the house and the shack. In the shack, there was an all-producing uh, area with the molds, with the uh, materials. There was a couple of workers, about four or, or five of workers. They were, they were working all day for um, changing uh, themselves, of course, for the, all over the day, making hundreds and thousands of those figures, packing them on their blisters and uh, sending them uh, in this case, the company was sending them straight to the shops. Uh, but the other cases, they should have some uh, shields of the national companies that were selling those figures. So, for example, the series from Gdańsk, from the uh, north of Poland, which was the series of 20 figures on the cards with bubbles, they were making toys only, I suppose, uh, different series, and they... Uh, they got some kind of small manufacture. It was separate building with the 
uh, with the molds, with everything. And um, but still, it was private company within the communist system, of course. Uh, so it was never that the government did it or the country made it. It was private people with private possessions, with private shacks or garages or something like that. We didn't discover everything yet. We, for example, we don't know the maker of the most popular and the most counted uh, series, which was unarticulated figures. It is. It will be great day in the Polish bootleg uh, collection when we discover who made them and where are the molds, where was it, uh, what was the circumstances of this. Wow, 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 wow. Are there people, so I think the question because you said it'll be a great day when we figure that out. Are there people that are spending all of their time researching, trying to find this place? Mm, I don't think so. Uh, for example, I have my own life mm. as a musician. And I discovered uh, the producers of this one figure I told you uh, from the new Warsaw uh, village. I discovered it years before. And it was just this year when I went there, I met the wife and the daughter of the producer who passed away a long time ago. And they showed me the, the shack, the environment of this. No remains except one mold of the gun, which I was presented, which was the greatest day of my life to got the mold of a gun of a figure. Uh, from the wife of the passed away producer of this. Uh, but it is not full-time job to search for this because it is so little tracks of it. Even if you got full-time job to track them, you wouldn't track them. It is a matter of luck. Uh, and sometimes um, we are waiting for the people that knew the producers or are the kids of the producers or are the producers themselves which is the least least possible because the producers now could have 75 85 years old could could be so so they probably died the those people that produced the unarticulated series and nobody on the we got forums we got uh, we got facebook now we got some pages with the old school people knowing each other. Nothing, no such thing happened that somebody said, I knew the producers of the unarticulated series. We are waiting for it patiently. There is nothing to do in the search area. I tried, I know where are the data of the workers of two companies that we know uh, in the archives, but those archives are closed. Uh, for the regular people. We had to be some researchers, some science scientists or something like that. Even then they couldn't, because there is Rodo now, there is uh, big restrictions of uh, giving you data of people. And even if you could have the data with the old phone numbers, there are no anymore old phone numbers existing. So uh, I know two archives where the it and it is the end of my searching area. I could only get that uh, that far that far for this. Uh, I'm waiting for a living people who remember that. Maybe the kids of the producers that could tell me how was it. That is so incredible. 
um, I've seen several of your posts and several pictures that you've um, put up about uh, with all the different variations of colors and different figures you have. Um, when you collect, because you collect these toys, these Polish bootlegs, is your goal to get every color that possibly exists or every variation of a figure? I think there are two people in the world. They have such goal. It is, one person is in UK, one is in the United States. Uh, they are known of it. They are black holes of collecting. If they get an item, uh, you will never see it on the market again. They are my friends, of course. <laughs> uh, but uh, it is not. It is not my goal. I have no such. A uh, big amount of money. This is the first reason, and I have no such big space to display them or to hide them or to um, to have them in boxes, because uh, each unarticulated figure, as I told you, could have been made of eight or nine basic colors. Each color got some shades, uh, very different shades of green could appear, for example, and each figure could be painted with details that differ a lot. So you have to focus. You have to focus on the, on the, some goals you have. For example, I collect as many colors of unarticulated Tuscan riders or Zucuses or General Veers. That's all for me. Uh, and the unarticulated series uh, counts 27 figures. So I just focused on three of them and try to get as many colors as possible. Any other, I select. I get them. I get the lots, big lots of, of first owners uh, mostly. Then I leave some, I keep some of them in my collection. And the rest is for trading, for the uh, raising funds for another shopping, for another getting figures. So that is a cruel decision, uh, usually. Sometimes there is rotation because I get such an interesting figures in some color that I change my mind. And I keep this figure and this one I got already, I, I sent to the world, to, to people. Uh, it was a time that I got about 20 Gamorian guards uh, from Poland, which is very rare. Uh, but then I had to decide if I... If I want to keep collecting, I have to let them go. So now I have six of them, for example. Uh, so my collection basically now is that I have all type of figure, all character of each series that were made after Kenner figures uh, in Poland, uh, at least in one example. Some of them, like Tuscan Rider Unarticulated, I have 15 of them. But some, just two or three, or even one, if this is very rare, serious, and uh, it's uh, it's okay to have one. Wow, that's uh, incredible. Um, when you are out, um, I, I think the the hard part is. So I I really like Ninja Turtle bootlegs. I collect those a lot, and I search for them. Um, and in doing so, I can't find them at a flea market. I can't find them at a swap meet. They're not at yard sales. I have to know people to buy them. Is the same thing true for Star Wars Polish figures that you don't see them in the wild anymore? 
Uh, Ninja Tartars were made also in Poland in the 90s uh, as a bootlegs, just for your info. Uh, sold carded. I have one example in, in my collection as an interesting fact for me, but it's not my focus. Uh, yes, uh, you cannot go to the flea market in Poland and to find uh, a Polish bootleg Star Wars figures. Uh, there is one guy in the southern Poland that is... Uh, displaying a small lot of Polish Star Wars figures because he's, he read somewhere in the internet they are very expensive. So in the flea market in one city in Poland, he's every week with a huge price for them and nobody nobody buys it, of course. But usually on the flea market, you cannot find a thing. It is uh, extremely luck if you get go there and you find it, especially for little money. It ended. It happened sometimes in the past. There are no shops with such items. There are uh, no people that got them and want to sell them officially in some shop or in the uh, other circumstances. So you have to uh, follow the auctions, uh, bidding sites, uh, which we have in Poland uh, at least one big site that is selling uh, items, used items, uh, in the internet. Or in in my case, because my name is now well known in Poland, uh, they are messaging me uh, on Facebook or on Instagram, and they are asking that they found a collection from their childhood. If I'm interested or how how much worth is it? So that is my uh, main source. I get the items. And uh, last year, it was this year, it was extremely fine for me uh, in this area because a lot of people messaged me. Um, I got a lot of figures. <laughs> it was rotation, of course. I kept some and I let go the rest. Right. Um, when you first started the process to write the book, the first edition. What was it like compiling all of those figures and pictures and information? What was that process like to start that? I was convinced I cannot make it. I was convinced I have to try. Uh, I will see what happens. Uh, and uh, possibly it will not, not succeed. Uh, then I, because I got a huge archive of pictures of the figures that went through my hands, uh, uh, also I started to make picture, new pictures uh, made by phone only of any figure I got in the in those times because I got the complete collection, so it was easy to have the at least one picture of one figure of each series of each character. Uh, and then I tried to, to write the chapters and everything. Then I started, uh, it was then for the first uh, book, it was Indiegogo uh, crowdfunding. And I I thought I, I will put an, an action there, uh, crowdfunding. And it just blowed. It was just a huge success. Uh, it was just a couple of hours. I got all the money I asked this first uh, book and happily in this moment I got almost everything prepared uh, because the process was very long it was two years of uh, making photos 
uh, writing it, uh, making some corrections of the English because uh, this is not my native language. So mm-hmm. I got some American uh, lady that uh, make improvements of it. There were still some mistakes, but it went uh, well. And the Indiegogo was crucial. It was just a huge success. And then I felt it is a good thing. It will be good. So from that point on, it was just another few months. I ended, I finished it. I contacted the company that was printing this book. And the moment when the uh, ready book came to my house, it was one of the most wonderful moments in my life. Uh, Then I just let go all those books to the world. The first edition is already sold out. The second edition is close to death. So the second edition, you made the first edition, you compiled it for two years, you wrote through, you had a copywriter, which that, it looks incredible. The way that it's matte finished and then it has these glossy parts to it. Very well done. Um, What is interesting is then you decided to do number two. Uh, what yes, did you uh, add? it was, mm, I was also convinced like before the first edition, I was convinced I will never make it. Then I made it. Then it was huge success. And I said, enough, it is okay. It, I made it. Uh, people are happy having those bo- this book. Uh, and all is described. Nothing happens more. So it is the end of collecting, end of uh, writing just to relax to making my usual life then thanks to this book the market came larger the people went more interested and more figures started to appear because usually the market demanded bigger prices and so on i'm guilty here now the prices of those bootlegs are so high uh, among others because of my books but still that caused also the bigger amount of those figures. So when they started to uh, surface those new figures, it was so many of new cases of new variants and so many of new informations. For example, the original package of the first series from the beginning of the 1980s in Poland from Poznan uh, was discovered from the Ukrainian source. Uh, bought by German collector and uh, thought to the world that I decided it is enough data to have second edition. And the second edition got uh, hundreds of uh, more more pictures, a lot of new informations, uh, another graphic design, uh, because the design, as you you told me, the glossy paper and so on and and the cover, I insisted to have it a very luxury, very, very nice table book to have at home. So the first book was black uh, because the figures on the cover were black, this black articulated layer. And on the back, there is black articulated snow trooper. And because I knew we, we got those two figures also in the white variant. So I decided the second book will be white, which will be even more luxury. The paper is even more glossy and the graphics are better, design is better, because if you decide to make a second edition, uh, it 
should be a good reason. Good reason was to improve anything I was not uh, happy about from the first edition. And the second edition differs a lot uh, from the first edition. First edition now is as a sentimental things, thing to me. The second edition is the one that I recognize as, a, as my kid now. Yeah, which is fantastic. Um, I, I can't imagine what it was like to write a book like that, what it was like to write something that is so influential to the bootleg scene, to the Star Wars action figure scene. You did it and it's incredible to see. Do you have plans to write a third edition in the future? It struck me uh, with the, this huge success. I was not prepared for this. Uh, I just wanted to write a book for myself. Uh, anything I do as a musician uh, is producing a thing that I would expect as a listener. And here is the same. I felt the lack of such book on the market, so I decided to write it myself. Uh, the huge success and the influences of everything you are talking about, it's, uh, it's overwhelming. It's, uh, I'm, I'm not such a figure that could uh, manage it. But still, I'm having only positive things about those books. And uh, that's the reason that I wouldn't think about third edition until a good reason will appear. It was good reason to write the second edition. Uh, and now we don't have such changes on the market, uh, some new informations and so on and so on. And I'm also joking that we don't have the third color of Leia because we have the third color of the plastic snow trooper, which is on the back cover. We have mm -hmm. the red one. So the cover of the third edition would be red. But until we find the red articulated layer for the front cover, I will not write the third edition. Uh, that's a small joke, but still it's possible to find it because anything is possible in the, in this area of Polish bootlegs. Uh, the, the different thing is that I started to imagine I could manage another work, which seems now to be impossible. To open the website, uh, with the photos of each and every Polish figure existing now. You cannot imagine uh, how huge work it is. I just started at the beginning, in the beginning of this year, to make it, to gather the picture, to edit some photos, and uh, I stuck for a while. I will proceed, of course, but this seems to be a work for at least next five, ten years. But the starting of the page could be, of course, soon next year or some other years. Every figure, each figure, even if it repeats the color and on the painting scheme, but to have archive of each and every figure existing. And what, what miracle happened in this area that any collector I called for the pictures of their figures, they answered me with the pictures. So thanks to the, those books I wrote, I got a credit from all collectors all over the world that they trust me. And I said, give me pictures of your figures. I will put it on the archive site. 
and they gave it to me. So it will last months now to edit it and to start this, this side, but it is the better idea than the writing of the third edition of the book, I suppose. Just for the data, I think now, and it's still growing, uh, it's about six thousands or six thousand five hundred figures existing at all of Polish bootlegs on the market. And it is growing up all the time. So next year it will be maybe seven thousands or more. So this is the number of pictures should be presented on this website. That is that's so many. That's so many. But I think that that task would be well worth it. Five to ten years is a long time, but it sounds like uh, a worthy investment. You you brought up something that I want to ask you about that seems um you you seemed like you it was heartfelt uh and that you were saddened by it you said that the prices of bootlegs has gone up and that you were a little at fault for that what is what does that mean for you to to love something but be one of the reasons that they've increased in value um it is a balance of feelings because still i think polish figures are still underappreciated, uh, undervaluated, uh, comparing with the Uzai figures, which uh, are not so precious for me like Polish bootlegs. Uh, but still the prices went very high now. So you have to uh, find your way to getting new items and selling another items to get the money back. Because if you are not millionaire, you would fail in this hobby. Uh, you would not. Uh, you you couldn't afford any figure you want. This year, only because I got huge lots of figure. Then most of those lots were the doubles of my collection, so I could get them out. I could afford to keep very precious examples or even buy figures for prices. I promised to myself I will never. Uh, I will never pay such prices for a figure, and now I'm paying it for for this because I know they are worth of it. I'm this year I got marvelous items, unique items because of the lots I got for trade. Uh, so I'm happy that they are going up uh, and they are um, they, they are praised like they deserve. But still, I'm sentimental about the times that I got lots of figures sometimes for free sometimes for just uh, singles lotties which is impossible now because thanks to my book among others thanks to some interviews i gave uh, and thanks to the results of the auctions in the internet people in poland now know very well they are pricey they are expensive so even the first owners are not very interested to let them go for low price. So the situation is interesting, uh, but thanks to this, we got a lot of new figures on the market, which is good. Do the majority of all Polish bootleg Star Wars figures exist in Poland, or are they widespread and it's no longer only in Poland? Unfortunately, most of them are abroad now. Uh, 
unfortunately, from my point of view, I'm kind of patriot. I would like to have a lot of collectors in Poland that are collecting them. Uh, but still, the people that got them are so trustful, are so beautiful people, collectors and my friends mostly, uh, that it's not a problem for me. But statistically, yes, uh, I think large majority of them are in the United States, uh, United Kingdom, some of them in Germany, in the other countries of Europe. Uh, not much in Asia, almost not, none of them. Uh, for example, it's very strange for me that no one from Japan was interested neither, neither in my book or in the figures. Uh, such a huge market for odd things, for extravagant things. They are not interested. They are interested in Chopin music in Poland, but not in Polish bootlegs. Uh, but yes, I am a keeper of the possibly only complete collection of Polish figures in Poland. And other collectors in Poland are having some <clears throat> several figures, and that's all. All the rest are in the area of the outside Poland. That's interesting. When you think about your work and the collection that you have and <clears throat> everything that pertains to Polish bootlegs, what is your most prized collectible that you are the most proud of in your collection? I think I mentioned it before. It is the little mold mm. of the, it's a part of the mold of the gun of the snow trooper figure that were, was produced in the 80s uh, in the village near Warsaw. It's very strange because it's, it's a, uh, for sure, the most precious item I have because I got it from the hands of the wife and daughter of the producer uh, in their house, in this very village that the figure were produced. And it is the only remain of the production of this figure. So I have it in my display. It will probably never be sold. Uh, maybe if I go for the very strange surgery or something like this. Uh, but it is very pricey, precious for me, especially that... I got it right after I bought an original part of this figure, uh, which was so moving for me because it's so rare and unique. Uh, you can imagine that the carded figure of this series, this snow trooper, unopened carded, carded figure exists only in one example in the United States. Uh, and now we know about three cards and uh, about 25 figures lose. Uh, so I got the mold of the gun of this figure, I got now the card of this figure, and I got three snow troopers loose standing in my display. Uh, so this is most precious for me from sentimental point of view and also va valuable uh, as an item. And I got a lot of other things I'm focused on, like those Tuscan Riders uh, colors and, and so on and so on. That's Absolutely incredible. The the fact that you have a piece of Star Wars and, and realistically, it's a world history. I think that what's crazy to me about toys is that if you follow the trajectory of some of the bootlegs, you can kind of understand what was happening in the world at that time. 
and the way that you have expressed um, that there is uh, the Iron Curtain and toys being produced. And so it's incredible to see that you have that little piece of the mold, which is a giant piece of history. Yes, and I have it also in my mind that I am different from other collectors in the world, even if they are focused on bootlegs. They never lived in Poland those times. They never knew the situation. And they don't need this level. I have it as an addition to my collecting. Uh, because I played with those toys. I was buying them in shops in the 80s. I was asking my mom for money for them. And I was missing the Kenner figures then. So I can still feel that feeling in my chest when it happened. And now I'm collecting them and I'm proud that uh, those figures are so famous in the world. We were never expecting it. We uh, considered those figures as very lame in the 80s. It was cheap, lame. It was just... Uh, uh, because we didn't have original, we bought them and we were complaining. Uh, they are not moving, they are with uh, improper colors. Now, uh, I'm richer than other collectors with uh, that feeling in my mind. When I look at my collection and my display, I can remember those times. I can have the same feeling uh, in my chest. So I will never decide to collect any other line of bootlegs because I never I never lived in Hungary, in Turkey, in Brazil, in Mexico. Uh, I'm interested only in Polish figures. So uh, my collecting is exceptional from that point of view. Uh, but when you mentioned about this uh, collecting bootlegs, it was uh, for me a good, great experience to be in the Celebration London, in the Kenner Collectors, uh, world, we are a very small part, bootleg collectors, which is still so strong and makes us so happy that is enough. So that is that is a miracle that Star Wars made with the world and with us. We can find our small niche and we can just live our lives devoted to it and we are happy. That's amazing. Do you have plans to go to uh, Star Wars Celebration again in the future or even the one that's in the United States? I was considering considering United States, but they decided to make it to make it in Japan. So no way, guys, no way. I will no not pay such expenses for the hobby. Uh, it is insane, especially that no Japanese bought my book. Uh, let me make that joke first. Uh, <laughs> still, we are making a small jokes about making our own celebration of bootleg figures in Warsaw next year because there is a gap. There is a next celebration uh, of uh, official celebration is in 2025, I suppose. So next year, there is no celebration in the world. Welcome. Come to Warsaw. We will make a celebration of bootleg Star Wars figures. We will invite some friends, collectors. We will have some nice beer or vodka. And we will talk uh, all nights about bootlegs. That's my plan. But no to Japan. If there will be 
another celebration in Europe, of course, it was great venue in uh, uh, in London. In the United States, I will think about it. I'll, I'd love to go to the United States. I never was there uh, because this is the country where Star Wars were born. And most of my collector friends live there. So in the United States, you will see me if you organize Disney, if you organize the celebration there. That's amazing. It has been absolutely incredible having you on and talking to you about everything that's going on in your life, your collection, your books. Um, and so thank you so much for coming on Toys on Tap. But uh, the last part of each podcast uh, is usually where artists get to talk about their work and plug their work where people can buy it and everything. Would you please tell everyone where they can get the second edition of your book? Uh, first, thank you for inviting me. Uh, it is always a pleasure to talk about the hobby, uh, to, to, to talk about such a small part of the of the Star Wars world, Star Wars galaxy. Uh, I'm not a very big businessman. If you want to have my book, you have to order it from myself. Mm -hmm. uh, the best way is to find me on Instagram, I will give you the. You have it. You can you can put it. It is Star Warso uh, written with the five uh, instead of S. Uh, you can write me there. You can ask for the book. There is not very many left, but still there are. Uh, and you can watch uh, pictures I put there. I I trying to post a picture once a week, once a few days. Uh, some interesting. Uh, shooting of the figures. Uh, this is a pleasure for me to share with the world some interesting colors, variants, and so on and so on. So you don't have to buy things from me. Just follow me. Just go to Instagram uh, and to share the joy of seeing those small rubber or plastic items that make happy so many people in the world. So yes, you are welcome on my Instagram mostly. Awesome. Thank you again uh, so much for coming on today. Thank you very much. Have a good day. Bye.